You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Chicago White Sox fans. Welcome to Southside Sox on the Farm, podcast number 26, number two of the season. Wow. And I'll admit, I'm a liar. I lied to you. Two weeks ago, I said, hey, we'll be back in a week. <laughs> I got to get more information from Darren. We got to talk some more. And then guess what? We didn't have a podcast last week. I lied to you, faithful listener, reader, and viewer. Well, that's because, as you probably know, it was opening day, home opener, too much other stuff going on. Plus, Darren, I believe there were like three games generally being played. I guess Charlotte had already played yeah. a week. Not a whole lot to round up. So, you know what? We gave you that extra bonus mega edition for the debut of the season. That was like an hour long, just, you know. Darren's just, he's making stuff up because, well, you know, what do, what do you got to talk about? There's, no, there's nothing happening yet. Well, guess what? We are now, well, what would it be now? Well, we're like a week plus into the season now. So we can talk about some MVPs and things. So, hey, Darren Black, sorry. I know you were just waiting by the phone a week ago and I totally forgot to tell you we weren't doing one. So, sorry. I hope you actually, you know, like got out, saw the sun, got something to eat. You haven't just been sitting there for a week, have you? <laughs> I saw the sun. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, you know, this time I called, you know, I yelled over into the other room because as you know, I mean, the, 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 uh, the out and about secret is that, you know, Darren, he's just, he's my roommate. He's just in the other room yeah. over there. Uh, but this time I just shouted really loud. I said, Darren, get back into position. I'm, I'm not lying this time. It's real. We're doing the second farm podcast of the season. And uh, as you can tell, he did have to scramble because he did not pick a Birmingham or Kannapolis hat, not even like an intimidators hat. Nope. He is rocking Seattle Pilots, a team oh, that was yeah. playing 
gosh, I was going to say, Darren, sort of sad. I was going to say plain before I was alive, but they were uh, founded. Um, they began to pick their players before I was alive. Their first season was also my first season, although I don't really remember much about the first season. Uh, I don't remember too oh, much. weird. You know, the uh, Chicago Daily News and the Sun-Times. Um, and I don't think they were covering the pilots too well, so I, I, I couldn't get my box scores. I couldn't get my... I couldn't get my news. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's the Seattle Pilots. Uh, Darren, in protest or in scramble, is rocking Seattle Pilots. Awesome. Uh, okay, well, let's go top to bottom. Why not? Uh, hey, everything right is wrong again, Darren. All the bad teams are good this year, or some of them at least. And the one good one is sort of not so good. So we'll get to that a little bit. But hey, how about those Charlotte Knights? They're a ball club. Yeah. <laughs> Now, good thing we didn't start last Monday or I would have had a completely different thought after this one week. Mm. But, yeah, they are they are a team full of a lot of quad A guys that are probably probably really shouldn't be termed as that. Mm. Uh, but they really are just because, you know, they're on the 40-man. Um, it's really your main guys, especially after the injuries, so there's no Jake Berger, at least for now. Mm-hmm. No Jimmy Lambert, at least for now. Um, I mean, not even any uh, Anderson Severino or um, right. or Bennett Sousa's either. So it's yeah. really Romy Gonzalez is kind of your top dog. And then after that, it's Sebi Zavala, who had a really good week. Mm-hmm. Carlos Perez had a really good week. Um, Adam Hazley, he was traded to the White Sox, so... That's all you need to know about how he's doing so far. Um, yes. And then Mike Rodolfo kind of um, hung out for a bit, didn't do much. I th- he's got maybe like four or five games under his belt, so yeah. he got a late start because of the DFA. But yeah, they're um, they're a team and they're out there doing <laughs> as average playing. as you possibly could. <laughs> um, yes, uh, faithful listener, you'll recall like six months ago when we had our first edition before I decided to not call Darren a week ago for our podcast um you'll recall that we like waited up we were on the edges of our seat as uh uh Yaxel Rios right he had that mm-hmm. classic like 23 pitch save I'm working with no notes here people so you're just gonna have to wing it with me uh Darren of course he's just he's got it all typed up but uh you know the usual professionalism you're used to from me, you're just not going to get it this time around. Uh, but yeah, the XL Rios uh, save. I mean, that was exciting, man. We just came right on air. It was it was the Charlotte Knights post-game podcast. It was awesome. Okay, uh, Darren, here's something you might not know. I'm con- contractually prevented by SP Nation to actually ever listen to any of these podcasts. They say that's wasted time. I just need to make new ones, constantly new podcasts. So I don't recall this exactly, but I know I asked you about Carlos Perez in our first edition and your response was, uh, there's some promise there. Sort of got to show a bat and Hey, Darren black, he has shown some bat. (laughs) Yeah. After one week he has uh, (laughs) done what I think is the impossible is he's played (laughs) 10 games and hasn't struck out in any, um, which is just remarkable. Um, But he also hit three homers, which is pretty good. Uh, he's not really known as a power guy, but it is Charlotte. So if you don't think you're a power guy, tack on a lot of power numbers um, for or for just because of the ballpark and the humidity there. Um, but yeah, I mean, week one was pretty good for the catchers because Sebi Zavala was right there too with two homers as well and an OPS over a thousand too. So it's just 
you're a catcher, you're enjoying your time in Charlotte right now, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, that's the crazy thing. The theme of this podcast, at least in part, is going to be, hey, wait, I thought the White Sox had no catchers, and yet the catchers actually um, showed out and had a pretty good week. So, you know, that's encouraging. It's an important position that the White Sox seemingly have they've eluded, and it's sort of nice that potentially uh, – if there is any trouble with um, Yaz and Lord knows he works himself hard, even though he's got that great force three armor, he wears, he can still get those nicks and cuts Reese McGuire. I mean, you never know guys do get run down. It would be nice to think you just don't have to sigh and groan and go, okay, well, who are they going to just like give the call up to? I mean, if these, if either one of these guys can actually sort of earn space, I mean, potentially Darren, I know the, the, the rosters are going to squeeze um, back down to, to 26, but I mean, in theory, you could still have at least carrying for, for a brief time. Um, you know, you could have a three catcher alignment as well. It would be nice for Perez and or Zavala to play themselves into worlds. Like it would make, it would mean it would make like a hard decision for Rickon to say, Hey, should we go three catchers? Cause these guys are really contributing at Charlie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't uh, go so far as to expect them to have a three uh, catcher thing with Yaz in there right now, um, just because you got to give him the at bats. And even yeah. though they are giving him DH at bats too, which puts them in a precarious situation if there was an in game injury, uh, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, but I mean, Sebi Zavala is probably going to be your next guy up if there's going to be an injury. He probably was always going to be that, even if they um, didn't do the Zach Collins trade, um, just yeah. because he still can. He obviously still has that option because he was sent down or he was optioned down, not DFA'd. Um, but it, if push comes to shove, I I wouldn't feel you know comfortable with a Reese McGuire uh, Sebi Zavala tandem or Reese McGuire Carlos Perez tandem. Um, but it's looking the whole catching situation is much better right now than <laughs> maybe you would have thought um, just, you know, March 18th, you know, the last few weeks of uh, spring training. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like a strength, I mean, at, at the, at the major league level, there's, I mean, it's as strong as they come. And the fact that, you know, potentially again, in a weekend, uh, you know, we're not putting anybody in the hall of fame yet, but geez, it's better than both. It's better than us shaking our heads right now saying, Oh my God, who's uh, Colby Smelly's going to have to come up and be like the triple A guy. Cause there's no, or Evan Skoog is going to get uh Skog is going to get his like uh shot at triple A again. Cause they got nobody, but it's nice that they might actually have some guys who might compete for some at bats at the major league level, Darren. Um, let's uh, talk about a guy that, you know, I'm not going to say you're a, you're a scoffer, um, but, you know, when it comes to pitching in the system, it's pretty easy to be a, a scoffer. Uh, <laughs> Johan Dominguez um, started the year in Birmingham, um, whether he just got squeezed, you know, down there or not, uh, got called <laughs> up like immediately to Charlotte and actually had himself a pretty good start, too. This is a guy who pitched in the fall league, and I'm not sure if that was a little bit of showcasing or pushing him. He did not succeed there. Uh, so that sort of, you know, set expectations back a little bit. But is he a guy who can get a second wind? And among, among competition at Charlotte, that is, I mean, you know, it's damning with faint praise, but I mean, you know, to still maybe be the guy after Jimmy Lambert, you know, who, who might get a chance to, to do a spot start. Yeah. So the, the three um, guys I can think of that would be after, I guess, Lambert and Velasquez are probably the, uh, uh, the candidates to get either released or sent down once the rosters go down. 
Um, right behind them is probably in this order, Cade McClure, Johan Dominguez, and then Emilio Vargas. Um, I, I mean, I know Dominguez was kind of a in-between reliever and starter for a little bit until he's, he went full-time starter last year. Um, and he continues to do that so far in two starts. I'm not, I, I, I still think the best thing that you can say about him is that he just never has really walked a ton of people. Um, but he, the strikeout numbers looked great in his two starts. Um, so obviously if he keeps striking out, you know, like 30, 30, 35% each time out, that's, you know, maybe I'll keep an eye out more on him mm -hmm. or an eye more on him. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's just got to keep, you know, proving that that strikeout number is legit. Cause if it is, then you actually yeah. can see him in the majors at some point this year. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just want to keep seeing that going forward. I know he's got good command. Um, so as long as that doesn't get haywire, um, at all. And it hasn't yet, but mm -hmm. that's just kind of, kind of, he's so far in two starts, he's keeping his priors looking good and he's improving on his uh, strikeout pitches. Mm -hmm. Um, so good start overall, but we'll see. Okay. There's let's a take... lot of, it, are they good? Aren't they good? In sure. Charlotte and starting pitching is definitely the main <laughs> category of, are, are these guys good? I, I don't know is going to be your answer for most of them for every team in the system, by the way. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, motor uh, westward briefly out of state uh, from North Carolina to Birmingham. And I need to know, you know, Trooper Glass Galactus tries to steal this guy from me. I'm not going to let him do it. He's my guy. Okay. It's Popeye Jose <laughs> Rodriguez. Am I, should I be panicking about Jose Rodriguez yet? Darren Black. Uh, nobody should be panicking about anybody and nobody should be, wow, this guy <laughs> is really good. Um, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, I'm going to give everything. I know I was saying the same exact thing about, um, on the two opposite spectrums of Benjamin Bailey last year mm -hmm. of saying, give him a little bit more time, maybe we'll right. turn around. And then the other side of Romy Gonzalez, just, you know, hold on. He's a bit older. Let yeah. him, you know, get used to it. But that's just, that's just how you kind of have to play these things. Yeah. Um, there are signs you could say that are worrying uh, about Rodriguez just because he is striking out a bit more. Um, he could just be pressing. It's just, you know, April 18th. He's not really um, into the full swing of things, uh, but it just kind of, it just depends on how it looks more at the end of the first month. Like give him like 25 games and then things should stabilize from there. Mm -hmm. And if there's anything wacky, either good or bad, then take note of that mm -hmm. is my, uh, even though 25 games is not nearly enough, mm -hmm. but it is, things start to stabilize yeah, trend. Um, sure. on a trend um, sure. after that. Okay. Uh, let's get to better news. And, you know, we sort of assume the Y guys, uh, Cespedes and Sanchez, even though it's awesome that particularly in particular, Yolbert seems to have just not skipped a beat from his yeah. bat really warming up since getting to Birmingham last year that it's so encouraging to see. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, let's table those guys for a second because um I call him Lenin, but I guess he's Lenin. I don't know what he is, but uh, Sosa, this is a guy who just seems to, he's like a popular guy there. to overlook. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's your MVP for this, uh, you know, first week or first uh, bunch of games. Uh, he's flashing a little power. I mean, this is a guy who it's not out of the question that he is, you know, he is still a prospect. 
Oh yeah, I, I think he's still in uh, most people's top 30s. Um, I, I mean, he, because he's been in the system for a long time, you don't really think of him as you know a, a younger prospect. But this is his age 22 season, so he's still got uh, you know some time to uh, grow as a ball player in that respect. Um, but he, what has always lagged behind him is the, people have said that the defense is fine; it can play at second. Um, but again, you usually put people at short and see what they can do. Um, but the bat has just never come come mm-hmm. around. He doesn't walk. Um, he he strikes out too much for the amount of walks he doesn't get. Mm-hmm. But it's still not a terrible strikeout number. Um, but so far, that has kind of looked better this year. Like a, a lot of other players, like Gilbert Sanchez, kind of got a weird walk rate right now. Um, but I guess Lenyon Sosa is basically the anti Jose Rodriguez to start the year. He's had, he's looking good play discipline, dis- discipline wise, but then, a, then again, you know, he's got a 400 bab up. Uh, Sosa mm-hmm. does. So, you know, that's going to come down. Um, but if you're looking for, uh, you know, something to keep an eye on is that the walk rate has shot up, shot up, like uh, doubled at least mm-hmm. right now. So just, a thing to keep an eye on. I wouldn't, I don't put too much stock in, in, into any of this right now, but if there's something weird to begin the season, just see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then it was just a good week. Mm-hmm. If it does, then this week was just him showing his progression as a hitter um, as, uh, as his pro career goes on. Again, Darren, b- worth repeating, I'm contractually disallowed from actually like citing tape from even even listening to any of these podcasts. So I will not <laughs> haunt you with any quote from like, you know, a week from now, like, oh, my God, you just said that Sosa was going to be in the Hall of Fame. So, you know, you're safe. So, you know, go ahead. Uh, be ballsy. OK, <clears throat> on the pitching side. Yeah, exactly. All right. On the pitching side, uh, tale of two. We got uh, Jason Belaus. We just call him Mr. Bill. Mr. Bill, Mr. Bill, really nice start. I mean, uh, you know, was sort of um, uh, iffy at double A. Uh, nice start. Caleb Freeman, not nice start again. Extremely preposterously small sample sizes. But yeah. is there uh, is there a trend with either of these guys that, you know, you're, you're just sort of putting a pin in to say, OK, what's going on here? Uh, I, I mean, there's not really a trend with Mr. Bill uh, right now. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, it's only been two starts for him. And even at that point, he started out really well last year too. Right. So especially with a guy like him, who's, who's proved relatively recent that he, his struggles are later on in the season. Um, once the bats, you know, get a whole month of the month of the year under their belt um, and everyone gets into like some sort of swing of things. Um, but the, the one to keep an eye on, if there is one to keep an eye on, it's just Caleb Freeman has just been all over the place right mm-hmm. now. He's not throwing strikes at all. He has six walks and and five outs. So you <laughs> yeah. know. that's not a good ratio, Darren. I mean, I'm not a stats guy. It's not a good ratio, right? No, yeah. More walks than outs is something that you don't want, um, especially <laughs> as a reliever. Um, <laughs> but we'll kind of see on him. He was also an AFL guy, Arizona Fall League guy, and it did pretty well there. Um, and he's generally regarded as the top uh, relief arm in the system right now, um, which, you know, doesn't portend well for him that he's not really getting people out right now. Um, but just keep an eye on that. I know once White Sox prospects, uh, pitching prospects start getting into double A, you start, they start getting a little wonky. 
Mm-hmm. Um, just, I mean, on the re- relief side, a famous one, Zach Birdie, some of that was injury, but then on the starting side, Alec Hansen as well, uh, they all got to double A and just, you know, weren't the same. Um, so hopefully this isn't the case. Hopefully he didn't leave Danny Farquhar in Winston-Salem <laughs> and that just ruined his career, but, yeah. um, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll work out, but just something to note, he's mm-hmm. walking a ton of people and that's not in character for him. Let's see if I can do it. Uh, <clears throat> boy. Oh, no! <laughs> we're leaving Bob and Al now! And Mr. Bill Bellows! Uh, okay, we're going to take a break. We are going to go back to uh, North Carolina, talk um, single A uh, in just a second. Stick with us. It'll just be a minute. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> Again, we're contractually <laughs> obligated to do this. We've already had our one miss of the entire season. So here we're here with you, like, you know, till November. So uh, hang with us for a minute. It's the least you can do. We'll be back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, White Sox fans, it is, I don't know, it's Southside Sox. Uh, we're down on the farm. I think it's podcast 26, second in the year. Uh, Darren did pick up my call. He was a little miffed about not doing it last week. But hey, it was already day, man. We did like 20 podcasts last <laughs> Tuesday. So uh, we took a break. Uh, we do have a little bit, as we keep pointing out, extremely small sample size. There's still something to go on, something to talk about. Hey, <laughs> we got to write about the minors. Uh, nothing to do on Mondays, right, Darren? So come on, you know, do something. Get busy. Stay busy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Winston-Salem Dash, high A. Um, well, they were bad last year, and they haven't been great this year. So they're the one team that's sort of like sticking consistent, not in the way we want. But yeah. one, another, uh, at least a guy on the Dash who is staying really consistent from his Cannonballers day is your weekly MVP and a guy who just seems like he was born to hit. Super young, but now mauling high A like it's low A or Arizona, or DSL ball, and that's Brian Ramos. Uh, what are you seeing from the guy in the fact that he is just, he's a highlight reel? Yep. Uh, I mean, the main thing we're seeing right now is he's just making great contact. Uh, the ISO is way up. Uh, fly ball percentage is way up. He's pulling the ball a decent amount. Uh, two homers already. Um, the it, again, it's nine games, so I'm not going to put a, a ton of stock in, hey, he's swinging the bat really well and not walking. Um, usually when you're swinging that bat really well, you're just going to keep swinging, swinging, swinging. Um, and that really hasn't led to an increase in Ks. Um, it's just he's getting more contact overall. Instead of maybe waiting on a couple more pitches, he's either going early or he's actually just getting the barrel on the ball and getting on base um, however he can. Um, and right now it's with the bat mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, 
I mean, if his power was really, you know, 30 points off a 300 ISO, that'd be fantastic. Um, but that's probably not going to be the case. But every year his power numbers have gone up. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're going to look at anything for a guy like him, um, kind of like how we looked at Jose Rodriguez, and mm-hmm. though he does show some gap power, uh, that home run power hasn't come yet, and maybe that doesn't. Um, but you, what you want to see from Jose Rodriguez is him just getting on base for more with the bat mm-hmm. and keeping the strikeouts low. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Ramos, if the strikeouts go up, that's fine, but you want to see the progression with the power because that's the more of a type of player he's going to be. Surprise center fielder. I think even I've seen occasional leadoff man. Uh, uh, Oscar Colas has done, I, I mean, it's he's had a start that I think is as much as you could have possibly hoped for. It seems like he's flashing some leather, some arm. He's uh, making contact. He seems to be doing everything he needs to do. Um, so rather than just talk about, oh, yeah, he's great, Brett, you're right. Yeah, those aren't the wrong <laughs> highlights you're watching. You're really smart, Brett. Uh, I, I'll go back to, I think, maybe what I even asked you a couple of weeks ago, and that is uh, how quickly this guy, does this guy move up, given that he has such a different background from so many of his teammates? Is he in Birmingham sooner than later? Uh, or what, maybe what's the soonest we see him in Birmingham? Uh, the soonest? Um, the soonest you could probably see him in Birmingham at all. Um, so I'm, while you're answering, asking that question, I looked up how long Luis Robert was in, uh, Winston-Salem for, and that was 19 games. So we're 11 games off of that right now. Okay. As soon as they get to that point, that's the absolute earliest because Luis Robert. You're not going to beat Luis. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. He had a 300 (laughs) WRC plus. So that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> over 19 he games broke high a right yeah he broke it <laughs> um and not that oscar colas is doing bad right. he's got a 130 he's showing great plate discipline um you haven't seen the power that mm-hmm. uh that was advertised but he i mean he's doing everything else yeah. so well um if i'm gonna make a bold prediction oscar colas is gonna be good <laughs> all right <laughs> he's a good player yeah <laughs> Okay, you know, we're just like 25 but, minutes in, but this is the stuff you listen for, Southside Sox. Come on. You heard it here first. Oscar Colas, going to be good. Um, uh, Darren, let's, oh, man, I guess we got to talk about the pitching. And this is sort of playing out the way we might have predicted just based on, you know, again, maybe somewhat small s- sample size, certainly in the case of Sean Burke. But Sean Burke continuing to just keep uh, um, hitting the ground running. Uh, Drew Dahlquist, Matthew Thompson, uh, a little, little shaky to begin among Dalquist and, and Thompson in their, uh, in their starts, something to be encouraged by either one, one guy um, showing better than the other. Uh, well, they both have basically the same ERAs, but Drew Dalquist is doing, uh, I guess a bit better. He's not walking as many right. and he's showing more strikeouts. Um, but he did that last year too. His peripherals were better, um, even though Thompson ended up having like the better ERA. Um, it's just they really, like I said in the in the first iteration, is these guys are pitching to be, uh, you know, top trade pieces for <laughs> for the White Sox, you know, at the at the July trade deadline. Um, that's their role is to show out for other teams so they can get, you know, maybe that reliever that's coming in for an injured guy or, or hopefully Liam Hendricks isn't, you know, this bad and they have to go out and trade one of those two guys to get a better uh, late inning guy. Like, get Craig Kimbrell back. <laughs> yeah, get, please. 
Uh, it's a whole different podcast. Darren, we, do, we can't we do, go we there do. yet. But that's basically what they're pitching for, and they're still showing all the struggles they did last year. Mm-hmm. So not to say that they can't turn it around, but they're still showing everything that they weren't um, yeah. from the beginning of 2021 and still through the beginning of 2022. Um, and I mean, maybe at the end of this year, Sean Burke is just a guy that's just that much better. Maybe Sean Burke is the guy we should be talking about as the, as the trade piece instead of the younger guys, but this, I mean, it just wasn't expected. This this speaks to the telekinesis between us being just a couple rooms away because the question I was going to ask you next, Darren, is listen, um, the system's not particularly strong with starters. Uh, um, Vera is a question mark, and he's you know still he's still too too fast yeah. too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mr. Bill, we're not really sure if he's actually going to be bullpen piece or a starter, if anything. Is Burke at this point with an extremely small sample size under uh, his belt? Is he like the Connor Pilkington? You know, at this point, is he the guy we could see th- that you would put eyes on? You, given that he's a little old, he's obviously older than than you know Thompson Dalkus, but he's you know he's a little older, or he's maybe he's, he's right where he should be at age. But I mean, he's not young for where he's pitching. Is this a guy who moves? Uh, uh, you know, who moves fast, and is a guy we put our eyes on to say, all right, maybe twenty twenty three, he's a guy who might get those spot starts. Yeah, with yeah. the Sox. Uh, I mean, it's too early just to kind of put a I, – I don't think he's going to be on the White Sox in 2023. Uh, or I don't – even if they trade him, I don't think he's going to be in the majors whatsoever next year. Mm-hmm. Um, however, cause, because he was a guy that went to, went to college, um, I, he left early from there. He didn't leave with full eligibility um, or – take out the COVID year. He still had two, two years left over. Um, But at, at some point his stock continues to point up and has pointed up since the day he was drafted Mm -hmm. uh, because of the, how well he did in 17 innings. Um, He still did really well, even though it was 17 innings in 2021 um, and is already off to a couple of good starts so far. Mm -hmm. So at some point his stock is just going to keep going up and Dahlquist and Thompson's if, you know, they continue to show what they have been since 2021. Um, then in, when people do their updated midseason rankings, um, when South Bay Sox does their update, updated midseason rankings, I wouldn't be surprised if Burke was ahead of at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they, he still has, I think, two years, maybe three on. Uh, I think he has two years on, on both of those guys, Burke does, in age. Um, so they still have time. Uh, but at some point, these guys were 2019 draft picks, and I know their whole <laughs> pro development was kind yeah. of screwed up yeah. um, the past couple of years. But at some point, it's what have you been doing for me lately, and what have you right. been of course. doing you can be lately? Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, uh, the, the, the caveat here, um, if not with all of our – again, I don't – I'm not allowed to listen to them. But, uh, you know, the caveat for, for uh, these podcasts, if not all of them, is, you know, listen – you know, these are, these are hunches. This is uh, ace uh, scout, Darren black studying this stuff. Yeah. And he's right far more often than he's wrong. But I mean, uh, certainly this early, we're not, you know, again, I'm not running the tape back on you next week or months from now, Darren, but at this point, even just with this, like, I mean, guys got more experience. Um, 
even if all three of these starters really start cranking uh, with the dash, you're going to be inclined to keep Dahlquist and Thompson around there for a while, just so they can get some of that success under uh, under their mm-hmm. arms. Whereas Burke, you could, you, if he comes close to what he's done so far, he's in he's in Birmingham at some point this year. Where's the other yeah. guy? Yeah, I I think I think that is the case. I mean, age is probably the biggest thing on it. Um, but it's, it's, you know, if Burke does well for two months, that means he's done, like he's proven that he can pitch against high A. Um, Thompson and Dahlquist have not been able to do that. I mean, I don't even think they should have been promoted, uh, really, um, because of how poorly they did, but they just because of the development of them, they need to start proving it against, you know, higher levels. Right. Um, and they didn't prove it against, you know, low A. So it's, it's the onus is on them at this point. Um, yeah. They have, they were drafted with tools. They were young pitchers. Um, and maybe this is just a, another story of the White Sox striking out on, you know, uh, young high school prospects, which, which they, <laughs> used to do all the time and then they just totally ignored them they stopped doing it which is one way to stop striking yeah. just don't go up to the plate and uh, hopefully they don't do that because that's that's a bad idea yeah. but yeah what are you um, gonna do all right darren uh who do we got to talk about hey let's go to Canapolis. why not because you know what it's just a year late, but this is a Canapolis team we thought we were getting one year ago. Holy mackerel, Canapolis is hitting the cover off the ball. They're winning games. It's like they're getting to play their debut season with a new name and a new ballpark all over <laughs> again. They just gave them a total mulligan for 2021, and 2022 is the official debut for the Canapolis Cannonballers. And doggone, they are not uh, whiffing this time around. Uh <laughs> you know, the team, you know, top to bottom is playing well, they're winning. And it just seems strange to type. I haven't been lucky enough to do any updates yet, but I'm sure as you're typing, like, wow, they won again, or they put up 13 runs. You got to be going like, wait, are my hands broken? Are my fingers not working right? This is what I thought I would be and wished I would be typing a year ago, but I couldn't, I couldn't lie. Uh, Southside Sox readers expect uh, accurate, (laughs) honest assessment of the minors. I can't just say they didn't lose like eight out of every 10 games. Uh, this team is playing some pretty good ball. Yeah, basically in every respect that they're doing pretty well. Um, just instead of last year, the top prospects were on the pitching side. Yeah. Uh, this year, it is by far on the hitting side, um, and some of the more you know interesting younger guys. They're all they're all in Canapolis, uh, hitting in that lineup this mm-hmm. year. Um, but I mean. I think the the weekly MVP <laughs> out of all the top hitting prospects yes. here was let's talk about uh, him <laughs> was the thirteenth round catcher. <laughs> yeah, and you know what, uh, uh, Colby uh, Smelly last year. I mean, I think again, as always, small sample size. I mean, he he played pretty well in Arizona, right? I mean, it's not a shock he's doing well. It's just yeah, given the vaunted. Uh, and, and, and gilded and the Colson Montgomery's and all that. It's, it is ironic that he's the first MVP, but this is a guy, let's put it this way. He's not going to be held down by a really strong catching core in the system. So if the guy <laughs> produces, you know, he's going to move and he's going to, and he's going to, he's going to, he's going to get onto or rise up uh, prospect lists. Yeah. Um, I mean, in 
He's not, so in, in the lower levels, he's not gonna, if you're thinking about, you know, catcher that deserves all the time, um, it's not, Yasmani Grandal is gonna catch 130 games. Mm. Um, they're not, Colby Smelly is not gonna catch that amount, even if he was by right. far better than everybody, right. than everybody else. Yeah. It's just how the lower right. minors works. He's right. gonna, so he played five games um, in the past week plus, which is right around there with the other, with the other guys. Um, mm. It's just, he hit 500 <laughs> yeah. in those five games, which is just unbelievable. Um, literally that he could, that he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't show much power um, and the plate discipline. I mean, it was five games. He struck out twice. So not a ton um, and just walked once. So not, he's just kind of hitting everything that he sees. Um, but good story early on. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what comes of Let it. Let me just check with you, Darren. So you, what you're saying is like 1.4 RBI per game is not really sustainable <laughs> at low A? Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Fair. Okay. I accept it. Listen, you know, you tell me yes or no. And, and, you know, yeah. I believe you. Um, they get a ton of people on base on that team. So it's yeah. not about yeah. that realm, I guess. Yeah. These guys might just fall out of bed, you know, uh, uh, knocking in, um, whatever, you know, hundred runs or something. Um, well, let's talk, uh, Colson and calf, uh, uh, you know, the Bobsy twins, their best buddies, their bromance going there. Um, Montgomery continues to uh, be putting up numbers superior to calf, which I think he did maybe in Arizona last year as well. Uh, anything to see between the two guys, uh, given they're just, you know, I mean, technically calf would have been the first rounder if Montgomery wasn't there is what the white Sox tell us. Um, so these are guys the White Sox saw as, you know, pretty close. Um, differences you're seeing uh, between their two games, uh, enough for us to think, oh, they're not going to just continue up oh, the system yeah. together? Uh, I mean, if we're just in, take the 2021 limited pro games and this year's limited professional games so far, it's very clear Colson Montgomery has a much more uh, – mature approach yeah. major league approach at the yeah. plate um he takes his walk mm-hmm. walks he strikes out you know a decent amount but not anything you're going to be worried about it's not chase Krogman's kind of 17 percent walk rate and 50 percent k rate um it's much more respectable yeah. in both in both categories um but he he hasn't shown power yet like he hasn't hit a homer yet in his pro career Mm-hmm. Um, and but he's 19 he still has to fill out see where he's going to be at when he's 22 23 he's probably going to look like a different person um, but West Cap's side of it he was drafted knowing that he needed to work on his bat to ball skills um, as but he also was going to be the third baseman so they had the whole left side of their mm-hmm. infield theoretically mm-hmm. um, but that he was a power guy um, that he walked a good amount, and but he also struck out a good amount. He's like your typical this day and age ball player right now, but mm-hmm. he's just not showing the power yet. He's striking out way too much. Um, he's not really getting the bat on the ball really at all so far in his pro career. Um, but if one of them had to diverge, it would clearly be Colson Montgomery mm-hmm. that would get a promotion this year and Cap wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just based solely on plate approach. Like yeah. Colson Montgomery could get no hits next week, but I guarantee you he's still going to have like a 23% OBP. Right. Like yeah. He's still going to, he's still going to get his walks um, and get, uh, get on base however he can, even if he's still not showing the power. Hey, Darren, speaking of on base percentage without power, 
I don't want to ring the bell yet. I really want to, because I want this guy to succeed, but I can't quite yet. But the early returns on Benjamin Bailey singles machine, Benjamin Bailey is pretty good. It seems like maybe let's put it this way. He's not buried six feet under the way he was last year because he went to Arizona and he still was bad. And which, which is, I mean, that can be a death knell clearly coming back, even in this small sample size, he's showing, all right, I'm, that's not going to haunt me the rest of my you know, career. And, you know, Hey, it could just end up being this crazy anomaly. He may never have another season in his life uh, like that, but at yeah. least early on the returns, you know, they're pretty, pretty encouraging. This is what we wanted to see a year ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the plate discipline is definitely what's the most encouraging part. He is a singles machine, um, <laughs> but he also has more walks than hits <laughs> right now. And then also more walks than the strikeouts right now, which one of those you could say is, is that good? And the other one you could definitely say is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the reason why he really suffered last year was just plate approach, plate approach, plate approach. Mm-hmm. He wasn't walking as much as he used to. And his <laughs> strikeout rate doubles from 16% to uh, around 30%. Like it's, you're going to struggle, especially when you're 19 <laughs> yeah. um, with striking out that much, not really mm-hmm. seeing much success. Um, and right now he's, playing more like the 2019 guy um we'll see we'll see how long it lasts it, mm-hmm. it is definitely encouraging uh because he was really bad to start off the year yeah. it wasn't like he was right he didn't like he didn't have a single stretch in Canapolis yeah. last year you could say was good right. and you could say that last week was good for him yeah even if it was you know four singles and six walks he still reached base 10 times. So oh man. Pretty yeah. good for, pretty good for him. No, we're not going to scrutinize that. Okay. Uh, Jared Kelly, three innings. We're not going to talk about that. Uh, good, good that it wasn't bad. So that's cool. Uh, promising yeah. start. Let's talk about another good guy. I think we've talked about him before. And I think I asked you like, man, I swear to God in all my, you know, time doing like updates and against my will and not understand anything. <laughs> the man, Kristen Mena seemed to be a guy who was like, wait, Keep an eye on this guy. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking about Ronaldo Guzman or somebody else. I don't know. But Chris Amena, uh, w- one start in, uh, uh, a, a nice. What do you got to say about uh, you know him? Is he a guy who, who might be flashing some promise? Yeah. Uh, he. So last year he started out really, really well. Um, he's got uh, good uh, strikeout uh, pitches. Um, now he that was against the DSL, so you kind of got to pull that back. Um, but at least so far in his first game, I mean, he went five innings, which is impressive enough mm-hmm. this early on that they're letting a 19 year old go five innings, even no matter how many pitches it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but the strikeouts were there. Um, his, he doesn't walk too many guys. Like it was 9% when he was 18 in the DSL, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, all things considered yeah. with all those factors. Uh, but He's definitely a guy to watch. It's definitely Jared Kelly and Christian Mania um, between really any pitchers there um, until uh, the draft happens or, you know, if if some uh, reliever goes on a really hot streak like Mm -hmm. Halen Green did last year Mm -hmm. um, to take note. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's, I mean, the, from what I understand, the stuff is there. Um, He just has to keep, filling out his frame and adding a uh, below to that fastball. Um, and we'll kind of see where he ends up. He's, I mean, he's 19. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a long ways away from him. <laughs> uh, 
in that last, um, in those last factoids, I believe you dropped a reference to Horned Frog, uh, Halen Green. Yeah. Two Horned Frog mentions today. I, don't, I apologize for hijacking your update. I think it was maybe just the last one you did. But listen, man, the guys go like six great innings, you know, or whatever it was, seven. You know, come on. You got to serve it up to TCU here and there. We don't, you know, we don't have many moments. We don't have many moments, Darren. You no gotta flashes. just, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta let me have it. But hey, listen, it's great. It's great to see any pitcher from wherever they came from and from Mars. If they can pitch, they're going to move off this system and they'll yeah. be on the South side, like in October. So, you know, <laughs> uh, Hey, it's number 26. I think again, no notes, just sort of flying blind here. Um, second in the season. Uh, running alongside this and, and linked in the uh, post with podcast is uh, Darren's first uh, true. Yeah. The only one yet, the sort of his MVPs is weekly updates. Uh, this is actually more than just the six games you're going to get for the rest of the year because uh, you know, Charlotte or overachievers or whatever. Uh, so yeah, we got him back uh, on the grind where it's like, no, no days off for Darren. It's either updates or uh, weekly MVP stuff. So, you know, listen, you know, he's in with us, true. make his efforts worthwhile. Read I know you do that anyway. I don't need, you know, I kind of got to pander, but you know, in case you're in the, in case you're just like, no, I just pay attention to the White Sox win some of you guys. Come on, serve it up a little bit to the Myers. Good stuff between uh, uh, Darren Reese's pops in for a game. Uh, Julie Brady with her fabulous yeah, pros for a couple of games a week. Uh, Good stuff. We're hitting the ground running with it. You know, there's other places you can learn about the Myers, but no place you can learn more smart stuff. And listen, even this dopey host, Occasionally has like a couple pieces of insight that Darren could go. Yes, Brett. Yeah. And I feel really good. That carries me to the next one. See, again, I don't get to listen. So I don't know when I ever make a good point, but it just carries me. So, you know, the wind beneath my wings is Darren Black. I'm Brett Ballantini, lucky enough to host, somehow host all these farm report podcasts. Hey, Darren, uh, thanks for picking up the phone and answering the door and turning yeah, on the welcome. monitor. <laughs> Uh, after uh, last week, just being left all alone with your TV dinner, no one to eat it with. Uh, maybe watching a little bit of the White Sox, like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll watch the real team. But yeah, okay, you know, I appreciate you uh, jumping right back on the horse and and hanging with me here and uh, giving us some good insight for uh, this small, small, caveat again, small sample size. Yeah, well, if the White Sox are the real team, the real rules are in the minors. <laughs> yeah, 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 really. It's all... Uh, yeah, it's 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 all a coming. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah, uh, it's an entirely different podcast. But yes, we'll talk about the phantom strikes and striking out the side and less than nine pitches and Sebi Zavala's righteous anger. Maybe that'll be as soon as next week. But uh, we'll uh, we'll hit that up again. I like an angry Sebi. Why not? Why not be angry, man? Um, yeah, we'll angry talk about text. that at some point. One of these like slow, tough weeks. We'll say, hey, let's drill down to the to the phantom strike rules because it just makes watching baseball all the more fun uh darren thanks for doing this with me uh and uh what do you say i promise i will shout very loudly from the kitchen uh, a week from now and we will do another podcast hey yep yeah don't leave me hanging like a zombie runner (laughs) (laughs) yes we'll we'll eat our tv dinner together and talk about the white Sox farm system hey thanks everybody for tuning in giving us a listen or maybe a view or even just to read, check out Darren's uh, weekly MVP stuff. And hey, you know, a week from now, same bat channel, same bat place, same bat, whatever. We'll be up to bat. Yeah. We'll be talking to you guys. And uh, Darren might wear a affiliate cap. And he, he might wear a defunct team cap. You don't know. You got to tune in and check it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs>